Let's pray together. Uh, Dear God, dear God, I come to you, we come to you. We're a people in need of hope. Whether we admit that or not, whether we realize that or not, when we see when we see brokenness in relationships, brokenness in people, and the the greatest uh, brokenness in in this world, which is death itself, uh, we need hope. Often we look to to one another, and, and that fills us for a time. I pray we would look to you, that you will always fill us. We'd grow in your word. We'd grow in the in the presence and the uh, and the feeling and the knowledge of the Holy Spirit that we have a future hope, but we have a present hope too. And that was that was cemented by Christ on the cross and what He has He has done for us. We may know the power of our salvation and his resurrection and our resurrection. Thank you, Lord Jesus. May we have this hope. May we know it more. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you all. Have a seat. Thank you all for being with us. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to Romans chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, as always, there's one in the back. Romans 12. I will be referring to a lot of other passages today. A couple of them will be up on the screen. But our, our main verse, our key verse, our theme verse for today is Romans 12. And it's going to be verse 11 and 12. But before getting to that, we are in this series called Renew. And we will be in it up to Thanksgiving, going through one chapter of Romans, Romans 12. And I've said this before, it is a... It's a great chapter. I memorized it over the sabbatical. I'd encourage y'all to memorize it because it's really a how-to. It says some hard stuff, but a how-to live this Christian life if we call ourselves a Christian. Another reason that I felt led to do this chapter and this series renew is we need to be renewed. Uh, We need to be renewed personally uh, all the time. Uh, And trust me, I see that as a pastor and listening and talking to folks and Issues, challenges. Uh, Also as a church, day to day, year to year. But I had a conversation with a man that I admire who has been here once. uh, And it's not that he didn't come back because he didn't like it or anything like that. But he came and uh, he's actually a pastor. And we had a conversation this week. And this ties into why doing this series. He said, you know, I think that... I'm going to be... be truthful, y'all. So, you know, I think that building, that building, this building, so, you know, I think that building has stunted y'all. Ouch. Okay. Hear that? And he, he's followed our progress throughout. He said, I think it's stunted y'all. He said, you know, I think of it because when I, the one time I was there, I was talking to one lady, and I hope you're not here today, uh, if this one lady, said, you know, and he said it was just a sense, and this, this is a godly man. I mean, he's in tune with the Spirit. He said, uh, he said, this lady said, you know, we're finally where we need to be. Now, that can be about a building, about a church, but also about a person. Whenever we say, as a Christian, and I'm finally where I need to be, I finally have arrived, uh, I think 
I think the devil uses that uh, to trick us and stun us. Because it's like we're saying, man, I'm good. We're good. We're good. We're, we're here. We're set. We're good. Hey, I'm good. I'm fine. Bro, I'm here because i got to be here. I'm fine. And that stunts us. I'm not saying you don't have a new life. I'm not saying we don't have a new life. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm not saying we don't have the Holy Spirit and all that. But it does stunt us from being who God wants us to be, whether you're a person or a group or a church. And we start looking, and after he said that, I've thought back over the last couple of years, you can look more internally than externally. And if you read through the Bible, which we do and which you do, it's always externally focused, outward focused. And whenever you start kind of spending more time inwardly, uh, it stunts us. Now, I don't think we've always done that, and I don't think that should be heard, although it might be, as a critique, but it needs to be acknowledged as a trap of the devil, of sin, that we can easily turn inwardly and say, I'm good. I'm new. i got new life, Christian, box checked, and become stunted. That's why uh, I... Uh, the elders here, uh, people we talk about, staff, that's Hunter, Neil, Tyler. We talk about see, love, go. See a big God, love the other person, go to the world. It's always outwardly, externally focused. You as a congregation, whether you're a member of Disney, can hear that, can receive it, can resist it. Although you never say if you're resisting anything. But our, our call is to push, now we use that word, to push us more and more externally, even though in some sense we've arrived at a place and a corner and all that, but to keep moving us out, to keep the mission the same. Reaching people, going to the world, connecting them to a place, but also most importantly, to Christ. And I think it does start, why we have C first, see a big God. you got to see a big God. So uh, enough from me on that, but let's look. Romans 11. So right before Romans 12, 11, 33 through 36. This is actually a hymn. And it's very interesting, if you, if you read the Bible, how Paul writes, he ends with this, and then he starts Romans 12, 1, and, and we've talked about that Uh, several times over the last few weeks. But listen to this hymn. Talk about seeing a big God. That's why I asked that question. How big is your God? What Scripture says, which we take as ultimate truth. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and of the knowledge of God. How unsearchable His judgments and untraceable His ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been His counselor? And who has ever given to God that he should be repaid? Think about that. Who's ever given so much that you feel like you deserve to be repaid by God? I've actually felt that way. You ever felt that way? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. This is the God in... You know, this, this building 
uh, in this church, with you, His people, whether you're a Christian or not, that, that we proclaim and lift up high and worship and coordinate songs and services and, and, and projects and groups and activities and mission trips. This is, this is the reason for, for you to know God and see a big God and for others to know Him too. And often I think the world and the devil and our sin, you know, it minimizes God. Seeing a big God, it renews you. Psalm 139, one of my favorite psalms. I mean, not in this Bible, but in my, I've got a big, uh, some of you do, big thick ESV study Bible. I still have the photo of Ethan, our third son, when he was, I don't know, nine weeks, eight weeks. You know, the, the, the sonogram, little picture. And I have it, and I'll, I mean, unless I lose it, which I'm prone to do, I'll have that in that Bible uh, for as long as I'm here on this earth. Because that psalm says, you know, I knew you before you were knitted, before I knitted you in your mother's womb. So God knitted you in your mother's womb. And it also says, David says, you know, I know you know the number of my days. My number of my days is in your book even before one of them began. So, he's, yes, he's got a plan for your life, but your, your life is already planned. And that both humbles us. Sometimes we fight against that. We say, never. No, I am in control of my life. No. Not in a, a Christian biblical worldview. Your life is mapped out by God. He knows. And going back to Romans 11, I mean, there's a mystery to that. And that's part of what faith is about. That's part of what humility is about. That's part of what receiving is like, you know, I'm your God, I'm not. And I trust in you. And I need you. And I think if you begin, or as some of you continue seeing God that way, it does change you. It renews you. Uh, it makes God the center of your universe and not yourself uh, or not me. But we have to be reminded by preachers and teachers, but more so by the Holy Spirit and God's Word. We have to be reminded over and over again. Because our penchant is to go internal and to go like it's about me and I'm good and God, if I have a flat tire, I'll call on you. But it changes you. And so today I want to talk about renewing. I believe that seeing a big God, I believe that uh, that reminder that further understanding, uh, it renews. Today I want to talk about two things, the routine uh, and the rigorousness of life. Routine and the, the rigorous that we face. Okay, So let's look at Romans 12. We have gone through this chapter, we're at verse 11. So our, our, our focus verses are verse 11 and 12. It says here, Do not lack diligence in zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. I I love these two verses. Uh, Actually, Romans 12, 12, it's up there, top five uh, verses. I have uh, really poured over that verse over the last several months. And 
I think it's great. But the routine and the rigorous. Start with the routine. Uh, we, we don't like routine. I, I don't know about you, I, I don't like routine. And some of you be like, I like routine. No, we're really, we like peaks. Anybody like mountaintop peaks in life? Just Neil, thanks, Neil. Anybody got like mountaintop peaks in life? Come on, guys, come on. Anybody, does everybody, I mean, come on, we do. Nobody likes valleys. Uh, I mean, plains can look uh, nice, I guess. I mean, if you're out in Great Plains, as, as I was this summer, and I mean, it's pretty, but I mean, it, the peaks, I mean, the birth of a child, a wedding, we're going to celebrate Byron and Lauren's wedding in a week, right? Is it a week or two weeks? <laughs> wake y'all up back there in the sound booth, okay? In a week, five days. We like weddings. Uh, we, like, we like big parties, or some of us do. Uh, but we like to feel like excitement. What this verse 11 said, zeal. Zeal is excitement. We like, man, explosions. You know, in a, in a good way. Man, I'm moved. I'm powerful. Man, it's peaks. We like to get high. Okay? I like to get high. Okay? You don't have to hear that the wrong way. Uh, I have been many times unnaturally high. Okay? But there are natural highs, and we like them too. Okay? We like, we like being high. <laughs> I can admit that. But then most of life is routine. Most of life is routine. Uh, most of life is mundane. Day to day, step by step, week to week. Monday cometh. You know. Most of baseball are routine plays. Right, Reed? Most of baseball. I mean, right? Yes. I mean, I'm not an expert. Okay, there. Yeah, I mean, and you know, you can always tell if someone's not really in the game and they, you know, mess up a routine play. I mean, their head may not have been in air, but. The routine. And so, like with this verse, here it says, do not lack diligence in zeal. So zeal is excitement. And man, I hope all of you have felt a zeal at some point in your life for Christ. Uh, maybe it was, you know, the moment you were saved. Uh, maybe it was at a retreat. Maybe it was here at church. Maybe it was just in a small group. Maybe it was on, with a one-on-one friend or mentor. But you felt to hope at some point zeal. And then at another point, the zeal fades. The, the zeal fades. The excitement gets subdued. I mean, we blame that on the devil, which is be the case. Our own sin, which can be the case. The world. I mean, it just kind of. And what do we do? I think this verse uh, gives great instruction to the routine. I think it gives great instruction on what to do when that zeal fades. Do not lack diligence. Diligence. Stay diligent in, in life. Keep the faith. Keep, keep walking. Keep moving. Keep going forward. There will be mountaintop peaks. There will be valleys. There will be plains. Keep walking. Do not lack diligence. In zeal. Uh, showed a movie preview. Uh, an actor I've always admired. He is a Christian. His dad was a pastor. He thought about being a pastor. Uh, I'm sure he's 
I don't know. I would guess he might be uh, more thankful he chose acting. He's got a lot more money. <laughs> He's got a lot more fame. But Denzel Washington, okay, like him a lot. Dad was a pastor. He's a Christian. He said this story I heard it years ago. He said, you know, whatever I do, man, I just want to do the best job I can. And he used the example. He said, man, if I'm just sweeping the carport, I just want to sweep it uh, the best that I can. I think about that every time I sweep the carport. Uh, just do the best job, get the corners. That's diligence. That's the routine. That's the mundane, just doing the best that you can, step by step. So, like, for me, what that looks like, and I'm going to talk about you too, but, I mean, for me, it's, uh, I think I've told you all, I mean, I love Sunday mornings. Uh, whatever happens, whatever day of the year, whatever season, God is here. I see him at work. I see him in your life. I see him in the service. I get high. I, don't say, I, get, I get high on Sunday mornings, and I come down Sunday afternoon. It, it matters not the crowd, Easter to, you know, Memorial Day. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I'm uplifted. I mean, I think it's, I, I honestly think it's something about proclaiming God's word. I think it's something, us being together. I think, I think it's a supernatural deal. I get high, okay? I don't know if I'm high now. We'll see. But I come down, and I get very vulnerable Sunday afternoons. Uh, Monday cometh. We've got staff meeting, got meetings, things planned. I also, you know, there are peaks when baptism, uh, holidays, services, celebratory times. But then for me, it's like, well, keep going, you know. Sunday after Sunday, keep going. Monday after Monday, keep going. Uh, You got to do that meeting. I mean, the diligence is checking in on people, following up with people. How you doing? You want to get coffee? You want to get lunch? How is your life? Diligence. Keep on. Keep on. And it's hard, too, when you see a lot of brokenness, which if you're in ministry, you see a lot of brokenness. Keep on. Keep on. It's, it, can be, it can be a slog. Do not like diligence in zeal. And for you, you know, you can feel something, maybe here, maybe hopefully in your Bible if you pick it up, with a friend, but then you got work, you got tough relationships, you got a problem child. You've got, do not like diligence in zeal. Keep going. God has a plan. God knows. God maybe has these things in your life for a reason, to grow you. Billy Graham once gave a talk at uh, at Billy Graham headquarters at the time was in Minneapolis, somewhere in Minnesota, I think it's Minneapolis. And Billy Graham spoke to all these people after the Billy Graham uh, Evangelistic Association had grown and grown. All these people who... You know, we're making calls and, uh, frankly, getting people into the stadiums and, and following up with people and, and organizing the ministry. And he, he said to him, he said, you know, I think all of you will be receiving, and I do believe this, by the way, crowns in heaven. I mean, that's a, that's a way of saying it. But I do believe all of you, Billy Graham said, will be receiving more crowns in heaven than me, Billy Graham. And he said, you know, folks were shocked and Maybe somebody asked him why. He's like, because y'all, y'all keep doing the day-to-day. Y'all stay diligent in ministry. Y'all do the things that nobody sees. Y'all, y'all don't get the glory uh, or the, the fame, and he is famous, uh, and y'all just, y'all just keep at it. And he said, I think God's going to reward that more than, you know, what I'm doing and what he's given to me. And I, I honestly think that's very true. I mean, I think you get these 
you know, acknowledgement on earth. You may, may not have the same acknowledgement in heaven. I don't know. But I think it's cool Billy Graham said that. Do not lack diligence in zeal. You walk through life or even if you waltz through life, I mean, you're like, man, God's at work. I mean, in everything. I mean, that's what I believe. Good times, hard times, painful times, challenging times, challenges with relationships, challenges with family. And God is at work. I see, I see the Holy Spirit uh, in art all the time, uh, whether that's uh, literature, whether that's a movie, whether that's music, or paintings. I actually love paintings, but I can't paint. But I was... Interesting, this week I picked up a book, I probably will read, I mean, I, I love to read, but it's a new book out on Leonardo da Vinci. I don't know much about da Vinci, okay? But he's got some famous paintings that, that I've seen pictures of. And what's interesting is so much of his artwork, hear me out on this, okay? Don't check out, don't check out. All of his artwork, or most of it, were, were depictions from Scripture. Beautiful. Uh, the color, the images, pictures from stories in the Bible, And get this, Leonardo da Vinci was not, nor I don't think he ever became a Christian. Okay? So it wasn't like, man, you know, I'm in ministry and using my gifts to give glory to God. No, he just, he just liked stories and painted. And and now Christians and non-Christians have been inspired by his work. And to me, that's like, that's being fervent in the spirit in my life. Because I'm like, man, God just used, he gave the gifts. Maybe he became a Christian at the end of his life. I don't know. But there's no record of him like professing faith or being, you know, in church or anything like that. But all of these just beautiful works of depictions of Christ, his disciples, stories in the Bible. I think the Holy Spirit's at work. Another person who was a Christian and went through, I mean, pain that, that we can't imagine is Corey Ten Boone. Corey Ten Boone. I've mentioned her several times. She was Dutch. Her uh, family was hiding um, Jews in Nazi-occupied Holland or the Netherlands. Uh, they got busted by the Nazis, sent off to a concentration camp. All this is in a, a very readable small book called The Hiding Place. And she used that term hiding place because they had a hiding place. But in the Psalms, David always talks about, you are my hiding place, Lord. And so here's Corey Ten Boone, who lost two sisters and her dad in the war at concentration camps. Uh, and she went through hell, the concentration camp. But if you read the book, uh, and I did over the summer, uh, it's remarkable for her joy uh, throughout and, and looking back and giving glory to God in all things. And I mean, we go through pain, we go through suffering, you know. Hopefully none of us ever experienced a time in a concentration camp. Um, is mocked, abused, you know, spit upon. And in pain, uh, the Holy Spirit is working. Be fervent in the Spirit. And then the last uh, part of that verse is serve the Lord. Do not like diligence in zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. I like to tell you, you can receive it, you can resist it, you can not hear it. I like to tell everybody here, you have an otherworldly mission purpose in this world. You do. You may know a piece of it. You probably don't know all of it. But it is otherworldly. It is supernatural. It does, I believe, have cosmic, eternal consequences if you are a Christian. And there is, 
believe hope in that. I believe there, you can grow diligence in that. You can grow faith in that. But I'm here to encourage you to preach, proclaim that, that you have that in Christ. That's what the Christian story is about. It's a creative adventure. But it does start with you. Uh, there's a poem. and I want to read it to you. It's by a Christian monk. A monk, okay? In uh, around 1100. And it's about changing the world. Changing the world. It's unknown, but it's good. I think it's good. When I was a young man, as several of you are, when I was a young man, I wanted to change the world. I did too. I found it was so difficult to change the world, so then I tried to change my nation. When I found I couldn't change the nation, I began to focus on my town. I couldn't change the town. And as an older man, I tried to change my family. Now, as an old man, I realize the only thing I can change is myself. And suddenly I realized that if long ago I had changed myself, I could have made an impact on my family. My family and I could have made an impact on our town. Their impact could have changed the nation and could indeed have changed the world. Uh, I resonate, I relate to that because you can have big dreams like I'm going to change the world when really you need to change yourself. And if you start there, then God uses that, God works in that. Yes, to change your family, whether you're married or not, uh, your neighborhood, your place, your church, your community, your city. I mean, God, that's a big God. God can do these things. But some of you need to change yourself. And it starts with serving the Lord and not yourself. And if you just do that, I think it, it's amazing what God can do. Just say, man, I'm, just say, man, I'm open-handed. My life is just serve the Lord. I, that doesn't mean you're called to be a preacher. Some of you may be. It doesn't mean you're called to be a missionary. I'm just, use my, I just want to serve. I want to expand the kingdom of God with my time, in my place, with my life. And got open-handed. Uh, peaks, valleys, God, here it is. Living life open-handed. God uses that. God uses those type of people he has to change the world. So that's, that's some of the routine, but let's get to the, the rigorous. Because life, life is a rigorous journey. That, I mean, that is truth, okay? And if you're expecting something else, I mean, it's, there are great things, there are great moments, but you get down to it, I mean, it's a rigorous journey. Uh, you ask people that have been blessed with wealth, uh, even good health. Man, it's tough. It's tough. Do y'all believe that? If you do, say amen. Just a, okay. Hey, it is rigorous. So how do we like see a big guy? How do we do this? Man, it's just, man life, life's tough. Rigorous. So go to verse 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayers. Become one of my favorite verses. Rejoice in hope. You know, we sang about hope. Uh, hope, is, hope is faith because hope is something that's going to happen. And faith is like, man, I'm, I'm believing. So you're believing in something. And a preacher mentor long ago said, I've always remember this, all faith is looking forward. All faith is, is future-oriented. However, I think faith is both looking forward and backwards. So if you, if you want to, I'm going to put the verse up on screen, but Hebrews 11, if you look backwards, it's called the Hall of Fame of Faith. And I'm going to get Hebrews 12 in just a minute. I'm not going to read it, but you get went to Hebrews 11. It has all these men and women of God who went through 
severe trials, severe persecution, and yet they had hope and they had faith and they rejoiced. It says, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, for the proof of what is not seen. Our ancestors won God's approval, and it goes through them. Abel, Enoch, way back in the Old Testament, we never covered him. Noah, uh, Abraham was called and, and went. Isaac, Moses, we've talked about David. All these brothers and sisters went through great trials uh, of faith and looking for hope. So I do think if you want hope, you can look backwards and see men and women of God, both in the Bible and in your life, and you can find hope, real hope. And then, really the key gets to verse 12. I mean, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I'm going to put this up on screen. It says, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, you do have such a great cloud of witnesses around you, Let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares. Let us run with endurance, there's that diligence, the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, okay, he's on the cross, nails in hands, you know, beaten. For the joy that lay before him, he endured cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. For faith and hope, we look backwards for what Jesus has done for us. And then we have hope looking forward. I'm not going to read this, but 1 Thessalonians 4, it talks about those who died. Paul says, I do not want you to be without hope for those who have, he says, fallen asleep. For the trumpet will sound, and the Lord will descend, and those who are who have gone before will be will rise first and then will be called up in the air with the Lord. As Christians, we believe that. Could happen today, could happen tomorrow, could be another thousand years down the road. A lot of folks say it won't, but you know, in God's eyes, you know, in God's eyes, as Jesus says in Revelation, I'm coming soon, soon is soon. So soon is soon. And there's hope in that. There's hope in the past, but definitely hope in the future. Rejoice in that. There's so much to rejoice about. We don't rejoice enough. I'm not talking about here. I mean, just as people. Be patient in affliction, Romans 12 said. Be patient in affliction. We don't like affliction. I don't like to be afflicted. Uh, One person who was afflicted over and over again, if you want to read about it, 2 Corinthians 11 and 12 is Paul. And Paul talks about all the times he was beaten, all the times he was stoned, the times he was shipwrecked. Uh, I love the verse that says, I spent a day and a night at sea. I can't really imagine that. God protected and provided, just being out in the wide ocean. And he said, then all these churches that I love, I'm afflicted. He, He used that word, I'm afflicted because of the churches that I'm trying to help. And then he says, and God gave me this great gift, a revelation. Many folks believe there was a revelation of what we will participate in one day as Christians of glory. But he said, so I wouldn't get too high. I've got this thorn. And man, the thorn will not go away. It's not going anywhere. It's still there. I believe it was still there to the day he met Jesus. That was when it was healed. Quick question. We're about to close up. What if your affliction, and we all have them, what if your affliction is the trigger for your resurrection? It just might be. 
It probably is. And you're like, man, I'm saved, dude. Well, bro, or sis, I think you still need to be renewed. I think many of you are stunted. I do. I mean, preach that. I think I get stunted. And often the afflictions stunt us. And you can receive it or you can resist it. What if your affliction is a trigger God wants to use for your resurrection, for renewal, new life? And last thing about this verse, be persistent in prayer. How is your prayer life? Let me say this. I used to think prayer life is, oh, it's something i got to do, and uh, there's, a, there's a way to pray, and pray right, and uh, God just... I look at prayer totally different now. Is prayer your life? I pray more right now than I have ever in my life. Uh, part of it was because of the sabbatical. Part of it's because I need it. And it is just, it's, it's honestly kind of like osmosis. I mean, I, people are different. I don't think there's a set way. I think it's just like, man, just talking and thinking about God. Go to, yes, I've always prayed going to sleep at night. I mean, it's kind of a childhood thing that I grew up with. Still pray, and I, I like to pray until I go to sleep. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I'll just think about Jesus. I just think about Jesus, okay? Pray throughout the day. Um, I, I think, you know, you talk about being diligent in zeal, being fervent in the spirit. I, I think we could really assess that by looking at your prayer life, by one's prayer life. And so I'd encourage you, and, and we get trapped. I think, oh, i got to pray this way and set way. And just talk to God. Just think about God. Just Receive from God. Just get quiet. Just be, be with Him. That's what He wants. You know, we have this Wednesday night prayer group study. Neil here is leading. Uh, I pray that it would grow, but it's, it's supposed to be active for prayer for you and in the church. If you want to know more about prayer, how to pray, just pray for people. Uh, we as elders, the Bible says, you know, let other people do some of the services so the elders can focus on prayer and teaching, administering God's Word. So we take prayer seriously. I just ask for all of us, do we take prayer seriously? Are we spending time with God? Are we so active, you know, just where's, you know, like where's prayer in our life? I'd say this just to close up. I mean, renewed, renewed. So if you're like, we like the new, but... When the new fades, how are you renewed? Well, I just get another new. I mean, that's how I've lived most of my life. When the new fades, you know, just pick another substitute, another stimulant. I mean, just get high again, literally. Just highs, wears out, get high again. When the new fades, are you, are you stunted? Are you stunted? And if you say... If you admit to yourself, uh, yes, I am, then I would say this. Man, the Holy Spirit can spur you. I like that word. Like the spur, like you're a horse. You're getting spurred, man. The Holy Spirit can spur you. You do it here. They can do it this afternoon. You can do it, you can do it anytime. But you have, to, you have to let him spur you. You have to let him spur you. And the only way that happens, honestly, is it gets down to the gospel. God, Romans 11, God. Romans 12, God. Psalm 139, God. Hebrews 11, God. Hebrews 12, God. That God made you. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows the days of your life. He knows the plan and purpose for your life. But more so than that, He loved you so much that He did not want you to be stunted, or stagnant, or stuck, 
in sin and messed up and like just grappling for, man, I just, I just want things and toys and highs and, and power and all that. He didn't do that for Adam and Eve. He didn't leave Cain and Abel. He didn't leave Moses, David. He sent his son, his only son, that would die, that thought about you on the cross, the joys. And it wasn't, I'll say this, it wasn't just his joy, it was your joy. So on the cross, he's thinking like, all these people who will know me and have peace in this world, in this earth, and in the world to come, he's thinking about you on the cross. And if you really let that, and if you, if you man, if you just, if you just think about it, I mean, that is the gospel. He loved you so much. Then it should draw us, and it's not my opinion, it's what it says in the Bible, to repent. Say, God, I've been living on my, been living for me, I've been, you know, and it just gets me stuck or stagnant or stunted. You repent, I need you, and you receive the gift. Can't do it on my own, I receive you. And that's renewal, and that's the gospel, and that's the invitation, and that can happen at any moment. And you need it, and we need it, and the world needs it. But before you change the world, just change yourself. Repent, receive. God, I've been living on my own. I, I take it, take you, I love you. Heavenly Father, I pray we repent and receive and are renewed. It's that simple. In Jesus' name, amen.